Hello. Happy 2023. Here we go again. You know, here we go again. I still feel like it's 2020. Every time I have to write down the date, I accidentally write down 2020. I've been doing that for the past three years. It just still feels like 2020 to me. So happy 2023, but also happy third year of 2020. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Whatever. This episode is presented by Haagen-Dazs. It's love at first bite with the new Haagen-Dazs Dulce de Leche bar featuring rich caramel Dulce de Leche ice cream swirled with thick, milky Dulce de Leche ribbons and dipped in milk chocolate. Indulgent? Yes. The perfect way to treat yourself? Absolutely. Find at retailers nationwide. That's Dawes. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. At eBay, authentic is always in season. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means their handbag experts are making sure your arm candy is nothing short of the real thing. They're checking all the details from the leather to the logo, carry-all or clutch. We all love a handbag that turns heads. Knowing it's the real deal makes it that much sweeter. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you'll carry with confidence. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Imagine you find something that you love. Maybe you see your friend wearing a cool t-shirt and you're like, oh, I want that. And then they give you the website and you go onto it and it just doesn't feel quite right. That doesn't make you want to buy that t-shirt. A good website is crucial when it comes to selling your product or a brand. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. It's okay if you don't know the first thing about design. You can choose from professionally curated layouts with the Squarespace blueprint. Squarespace even has AI that can help you kickstart or update your website copy. If you're selling products, Squarespace makes checkout seamless for your customers with simple but powerful payment methods. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code EMMA. So today I wanted to talk about my 2023 predictions, what I think is going to happen this year. And to be honest, I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Like the, I, I have no evidence to back these predictions. Okay. So if you hear something and you're like, I don't think so, you might be right. I don't know. These are just predictions that I've come up with on a personal level based on my own experience in life. Some of them are predictions and some of them are more manifestations, like things that I want to happen. And maybe by putting them in this episode, I'm manifesting them into happening. But I also can see them happening. Like they're, they're 50, you see what I mean? Okay, let's just get right into it. First, I have a few fashion predictions. My first prediction is that there's going to be a major return to the basics. In 2022, there was a big explosion of maximalism. And by maximalism, I mean outfits that are extremely busy, lots of different colors and patterns, mixing and matching things from different eras to make something completely new, like this sort of desperation to feel unique and to feel different, which I think stemmed from the fact that trend cycles moved so fast in 2022 to a point where the second that you'd feel like you're on trend, that trend would be out and a new thing would be in. The trend cycle was so incredibly short that the only way to feel like you're doing anything unique or different or eye-catching was to be a maximalist, was to wear a cheetah print skirt with like a crazy striped sweater and three scarves and four belts on and two different colored shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like like one one foot was a red shoe and the other foot was doing the most, okay? That was popular in 2022, but I think that that can only last for so long. I think that there's going to be a collective fatigue around maximalism. 
as a whole. And I think a lot of people are going to start to feel the desire again to just return to the basics, return to the classics and be a little bit more minimal because as fun as it is to play around with fashion and be constantly doing the most, I think that even that becomes a trend within itself at some point and that sort of becomes out of style. You know, I think maximalism happened as a result of the trend cycle speeding up so fast that it felt impossible to be individual in any way. But then I think now maximalism is a trend within itself. And I think that naturally that will fade out and people will just be more excited about things that are more simple. But again, I don't know. So that's my first fashion prediction. My second fashion prediction is that ironic fashion will be coming in. Ironic meaning like funny fashion, okay? Fashion that's sort of silly. And that might be in the form of funny graphic t-shirts, but it could also be funny in the form of a purse that looks like a fish. You know what I'm saying? I also feel like there may be a fatigue in fashion right now because everybody's taking it so seriously. And for the last few years, fashion has felt kind of serious, at least in my opinion, I think it's felt pretty serious. And so I think a lot of people are going to be hungry to make fashion a little bit more fun again, a little bit more lighthearted. I, I know I'm feeling this on a personal level and I think that's why I think that this is gonna happen is because I'm feeling this personally. Like I'm done f needing like everything in my closet to be cool. Like what about something fun and stupid, you know? I mean, I've always kind of liked that, but I think now more than ever, I'm really hungry for that. Like for example, I bought a purse recently that is like a plain black purse but on the front of it, it looks like it has a real carrot on it. Like it just looks like a real carrot. And when I saw that, I was like, you know what? Thank God. Like, thank God. Like when I was, I was trying to find a cute, like simple black bag online. And I see this one with the, with the stupid carrot on it. And I'm like, thank God for this. Like, thank God I found this. This is what I wanted to find. Like everything else was just boring to me and just too serious and too blah, blah. This bag with the carrot on it, thank God for it. It actually sparks joy. You know, it actually sparks joy in me. Like wearing it around starts a conversation. Pulling it out of my closet sparks joy. Like that's what I'm looking for in fashion right now. And I think a lot of people might start to feel this way too, where they want to have fun again, with fashion, and they don't want to feel like they need to look super fucking cool and put together and everything super polished, etc. Like, I think a lot of people are going to want to start having more fun and kind of joking around with fashion. My next fashion prediction is not really a fashion prediction. It's actually more of like a trend prediction. I don't know. I put this, I put this in this category, but like I don't know if it's really a fashion prediction, but we'll see. The next prediction is that there's going to be a decrease and reversal, possibly, of Barbie-like plastic surgery. I think the last 10 years have been very fascinating when it comes to plastic surgery and the ways that people cosmetically enhance themselves. But like clothing trends, I think that plastic surgery trends come and go. And I think the sort of desire to look like a perfect Barbie and have really intense features that are completely unrealistic and not natural, I think that that is going out. And we're already kind of seeing it in the media, we're seeing a lot of people who were known for having sort of Barbie-like unrealistic features reverse these procedures or surgeries or whatever. We're starting to see a reversal of that, but I think that it's gonna continue even more. I think the number of people going into plastic surgeon offices 
with a reference photo that looks like a Barbie, I think that that's going to stop. What's interesting is, is that I feel like when that sort of plastic surgery trend started, it was sort of rare, you know, like you didn't see a lot of people that looked super Barbie-like, if you will, doll-like. So when you saw it, it was more fascinating and it was more intriguing and it was kind of maybe enviable in some way. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. But now it's become so popular. I mean, especially in big cities like LA, New York, whatever. It's become so popular to see people that just look like a perfect Barbie that I think it's becoming kind of stale in some ways. And I'm not saying this to insult people who have, you know, these kinds of procedures that have been done. Like I, this is not, I'm, you know, I'm not that this isn't personal, you know, this is not personal to anyone, but I just think that it's sort of lost its allure. I don't think it's as desirable anymore. And I don't think that it's being perceived as attractive in the way that it maybe used to when it was more of a rare thing. I think the fact that it's so widely known about that you can get these procedures and whatever has sort of made it lose its allure. It's not a secret anymore. It used to be when you'd see somebody who had a bunch of work done, you're kind of like, oh, like, how did they get to look like that? Like, they don't even look real, but I don't even know how they did it, you know? But now there's such an open discussion about these procedures and it's becoming so popular that I think people are almost embarrassed now to go and get those procedures done that are extreme because they're like, everyone knows what I did. You know what I mean? Like anyone can look at me and be like, oh, she got lip injections, jaw filler, a rhinoplasty, a boob job and a butt job. You know what I mean? Like it's obvious in the, the mystery is gone. So it's kind of a little bit less hot and exciting. You know, I think that the plastic surgery trend that's going to be in is plastic surgery. That's almost impossible to point out minor surgeries or cosmetic enhancements that you can't necessarily tell are unnatural, like getting work done that you could have been born with. You know what I'm saying? I think that's, what's going to be popular. Um, if anything. And, and again, I think we're already seeing that. So I don't think that this is like me fucking looking up at the stars and being like the Barbie, the Barbie surgery is over. Like I feel it, you know, like the universe told me like, no, I think this is like written on the wall, but regardless, my last fashion prediction is about red carpet looks. What are celebrities wearing on the red carpet? I predict that there's going to be a decrease in generic, in basic red carpet outfits. I'm talking about the basic sort of gown and high heels or suit with perfectly done hair, perfectly done makeup. I think, I think that that might kind of disappear this year. Not complete, actually, no, I don't think it's going to disappear. Excuse me. I think that's going to decrease. I think that there's going to be more emphasis on doing unique things on the red carpet. For example, something avant-garde, like something weird, something completely untraditional and unique, like wearing an oversized 80s work suit on a red carpet or like wearing platform boots and capris and like, like doing stuff that's like weird, right? I think that's going to start happening a lot more. But I also think that another possibility is that a lot of people are going to start wanting to be more casual at red carpet events. I've actually seen this starting to happen where people are wearing like casual outfits on a red carpet. I could see that becoming a trend for red carpet fashion where people just wear their street clothes or wear things that are pajama adjacent or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I think the reason for this is, you know, for how many years have celebrities been wearing the same types of gowns in high heels and all of this to every red carpet event, there's a bunch of plain black and white suits. Every time there's a red carpet, 
it's just becoming so stale that not only are celebrities probably becoming fatigued by this, but also the public is getting bored. Everybody's getting bored of the just obvious red carpet attire. So I think there's going to be a big shift in red carpet fashion and things are going to start getting a little weird. I know on a personal level, I am so sick of wearing gowns. Like I don't want to wear a gown sometimes, but not really. Like I, I wear gowns. I've worn gowns on red carpets before and it's fun and it's exciting in its own way. And whatever, but I, I'm kind of bored of it, to be honest. Like, I don't know. I kind of want to switch it up a little bit. And I don't know exactly what that means for me on a personal level, but I feel that desire. So I, I can't imagine I'm the only one. Okay. Next we're going to do society predictions. What is going to happen in our society in 2023? What is the popular thought going to be now, it's kind of hard to predict society as a whole because as we know, there are so many nooks and crannies of society. It's impossible to encapsulate society into one because when there's a hundred people who believe one thing and who agree on one thing, there's 10 who disagree and have their own idea. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's impossible, but I'm going to try to do my best and predict what I think a decent amount of people are going to start feeling, believing, doing, thinking, whatever. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Imagine you find something that you love. Maybe you see your friend wearing a cool t-shirt and you're like, oh, I want that. And then they give you the website and you go onto it and it just doesn't feel quite right. That doesn't make you want to buy that t-shirt. A good website is crucial when it comes to selling your product or a brand. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. It's okay if you don't know the first thing about design. You can choose from professionally curated layouts with the Squarespace blueprint. Squarespace even has AI that can help you kickstart or update your website copy. If you're selling products, Squarespace makes checkout seamless for your customers with simple but powerful payment methods. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code EMMA. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try Opening Moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. My first society prediction is I think that there's going to be a huge rejection of anti-aging rhetoric. For as long as I've been alive, there's been this obsession with anti-aging. It's all about staying young for as long as possible. It's all about talking shit about how badly people aged. It's all about buying anti-wrinkle cream, dyeing your hair if you start to go gray, getting a facelift at 60 years old. You know, it's, it's always been about this. I can't remember a time when we as a society weren't obsessed with anti-aging. And now with this sort of open conversation about plastic surgery and cosmetic enhancements and stuff like that, anti-aging has only become even more of an obsession because there, it's now so known to everybody what options are out there if you don't like the way you're aging. But I've been thinking about this a lot recently and I've been kind of hearing some other people talk about this too. Aging is like a beautiful thing. Aging is a beautiful thing. And getting wrinkles, your skin starting to become looser or saggy or whatever, that's a beautiful thing that's a trophy almost 
of your years on this earth. It's like a medal in a weird way. I feel like I've been thinking of wrinkles and aging and all of this as something that represents the fact that you've survived this long on this planet and you've made it through. And through those years, you've gained wisdom and you've learned so many lessons and you've laughed so many times and you've smiled so many times. And that's why you have wrinkles. I understand why people want to reverse aging because youthfulness is so celebrated and we're so programmed to look at aging in a negative light that it's almost impossible to not want to change it. Like I understand, but I think that similar to a lot of the topics that I mentioned earlier, there's going to become a fatigue within society where people are exhausted by feeling like they need to cover up aging. And I think that there's going to be a rejection of the anti-aging rhetoric and people are going to be like, you know what? No, fuck that. I'm just going to let it go. And you know what? Maybe I'll get a little sprucing up here and there, you know, maybe, but I think that there's just going to be this shift in tone about aging, or at least I hope so. I think this is definitely more of a manifestation than a prediction. I do think that there's a chance it could come true, but I think this is more of a desire I have for society, something that I want to manifest for society and something that I think has a chance of coming true. I just think that the obsession with trying to prevent something that's going to happen to everyone can't continue, I don't think, because fighting against nature and the way that the world works never works out well. I think that instead of being obsessed with anti-aging, you know, getting cosmetic surgeries done to reduce wrinkles or spending too much money on wrinkle creams that probably don't do anything, who knows? I think there should be more of a focus on just enjoying your life, having a happy and healthy life, you know, taking care of yourself inside and out, exercising in ways that you find enjoyable, having a good relationship with food that's balanced, taking care of your mental state in whatever way you need to. Like, I think that that should be more of the focus when it comes to anti-aging, if you will, instead of trying to cover it up by spending thousands and thousands of dollars on surgery and special creams and all of this. I, I hope that that's the way things start to shift in this upcoming year and indefinitely. But also that might be wishful thinking. But I know for me on a personal level, that's the way I'm trying to think of it. Because I I am 21 years old and I have little lines on my forehead and I have little blah, blah, blah. And it's hard for, I'm 21, I'm a fucking child. I literally, like I am an infant, okay? When it comes to the aging journey of life. And I'm even sometimes like, ugh, a little Botox in the forehead. What if, what if I did it? But then I think about it and I'm like, it's because I'm an expressive person. I talk a lot. I smile a lot. I'm moving my face a lot. That's why I fucking have those. And that's a beautiful thing. And my little fucking stupid, like little other, whatever. It's like, there's nothing wrong with that. And I don't even think I would hate that part of my face or even notice it unless it was like heavily talked about that that's the first sign of wrinkling is like your forehead and like you got to get Botox or else it's only going to get worse. You know what I mean? I don't even know if I'd notice that otherwise. But also let's keep in mind, I live in LA, okay? And LA is like the plastic surgery capital of the world. So we, I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to say it anyway. So I think I might have a slightly different opinion because living in LA is the most toxic, I would argue, when it comes to things like plastic surgery and looking perfect and looking young forever. And also the industry I work in, it's all of it, but whatever. My next society prediction is I think that in general, a lot of people are going to calm the fuck down. Let me explain what I mean. Okay. The last few years 
I feel like there's been this underlying tone of anger in society. And I think in, for a lot of reasons, it's completely valid. Do you know what I mean? It's there's, yeah, I like, I don't blame society as a whole for just being angry the last few years because there, you know, as always in this world, there's a lot to be fucking angry about. Don't get me wrong. But I think that the fact that everybody's been cooped up inside for so long has made this sort of anger 50 times worse. And I think that we might be coming to the end of this sort of tone of anger in society. Like for the last few years, I felt anger and angst everywhere. When I would be driving my car, it, it felt like everybody had road rage in a way that was worse than normal. When I'd go on the internet, I felt like the comment section on majority of content was so judgmental and, and mean. And I've just felt this overall vibe of bullying, anger, and angst. And, and maybe this is just me, but I just, I felt it so heavily for the past few years. But I think that that was a result of everybody being indoors for so long and kind of losing it. We all did. I think a lot of people became comfortable with being mean over the course of the pandemic because there wasn't a lot of face-to-face -face interaction. Most interaction was through a phone or through a computer or with a mask on even when we were wearing masks. You know, it's like you're not seeing each other fully. I, I just, I think that there was a mass anger. <laughs> but I think that that's kind of calming down. I think a lot of people are starting to get back into their routine. They're starting to do more things in the real world. There's a lot more real world interaction happening now. At least, I mean, I'm mainly referring to America in, in this instance, just because that's where I live. But I don't know. I, I think that people are kind of softening up again, maybe. I think in 2023, there's going to be a mass softening of people. And I think that's going to be the result of everybody kind of adjusting back to social life, you know? I hope that this is true because I think that an angry society is not a good, it's not good, <laughs> you know? So I hope that that happens. We'll see. Next, I predict a desperation for connection with the real world again. A lot of people seeking in-person activities and friendships. I think that a lot of people are going to rediscover being present again because we just didn't have to be present as much for the last few years. Everything that we did was very virtual. Not everything that we did, but a lot of us were living our lives completely through the internet. And I think a lot of people are exhausted by that now. A lot of people are sick of online friendships, online interactions, online this, online that. I think a lot of people wanna get out for people who have an office job. Maybe some of them are like, I actually wanna go back to the office now. For people who maybe never really cared about going out to dinner before or all of a sudden like, I kinda wanna go out to dinner tonight. I, I just think that there's gonna be a sort of excitement about going out in the world and doing things. And putting the phone down and just like enjoying the fact that we can do that. We'll see, we'll fucking see, I don't know. Because to be honest, like I don't, I, I like Zoom meetings. Like I prefer taking meetings on Zoom. I find it to be so convenient and I prefer it. So I don't know. I think that maybe people's desperation for connection with the real world again is gonna look different for everybody. Like for me, it's, I don't wanna, like I like, I like Zoom meetings. Like I like doing my meetings virtually, but I do feel more of a desire to, maybe like take a class or something like take an art class or like take a 
musical instrument class, like do something present with other people, uh, take more workout classes, you know, instead of working out at home, et cetera. I feel this sort of desire to go back out into the world and be present in the world. And I'm excited about hanging out with friends a little bit more than I was before. I don't know. My next society prediction is that I think that there's going to be a resurgence of minimalism. 2021 and 2022 were huge years, I would say for consumption, like buying things, buying things, buying things. I think a big reason for that is social media, TikTok, et cetera, because things would go viral on the internet and then people felt like they needed to buy them. But then there was a new thing a week later that everybody had to have. And that applied to everything not just clothes. It applied to skincare products. It applied to technology-related gadgets. It applied to literally every category. And I think a lot of people probably amassed a lot of product over the last few years. And I know from experience that having a lot of things is not as great as you think it's going to be. <laughs> it's suffocating in a way. It's exhausting in, in a lot of ways. And I know that that sounds so fucking ridiculous because it's like there are people who would do anything to have an abundance of things. And so I don't want to sound ignorant and be like, oh, like having too much stuff is like awful. It's not as awful as not having enough. And I want to make that clear. But at the same time, having too much in its own way, kind of sucks. And so I think a lot of people are going to become fatigued from being a big consumer, you know, buying every viral product, buying every trendy piece of clothing for maybe a cheaper price from like a fast fashion type of place. And instead, I think people are going to want to be minimalist in a way. I've even felt this desire myself. You know, I've had a desire to get rid of all of my clothes and just keep a few of each thing and leave it at that. For me, I, I, I struggle with that because I do love things. I love going into my closet and picking out an outfit. And I've spent so much time kind of collecting things over the years that I'm too emotionally attached to go that far and be that extreme and that much of a minimalist. But I personally feel a desire to sort of scale down my belongings and to be more intentional about what I buy and to have less things. But the things that I do have are, I love them and I know I'm going to use them for a long time. I think a lot of people are going to start feeling this way. And I think it's going to become sort of a trend again, to be a minimalist, to live off of the bare minimum and I don't know. I mean, I know that minimalism was really popular a few years ago. And I think it's still popular now, but maybe on a smaller scale. But I think it's going to become popular again. I think that the flaw in the way that minimalism is portrayed online is it's portrayed as all or nothing. I've noticed. It's portrayed like you either wear the same shirt and the same pair of pants every day, 365 days a year, or you're not a minimalist. I think that that's the thing that deters people from dappling in a minimalist mindset because they feel like they have to be all or nothing. But I don't think that that's true. There are ideas that I've adopted from the concept of minimalism that have improved my life greatly, but I'm not a full-blown minimalist. But I think that this sort of mindset is going to become popular. And I don't think we're going to see a bunch of people who are fully in it. But I think that a lot of consumers are going to start having that mindset a little bit more. Focusing on higher quality things that they only have to buy once and just simplifying their lives in that way. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. At eBay, authentic is always in season. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means their handbag experts are making sure your arm candy is nothing short of the real thing. 
They're checking all the details from the leather to the logo, carry-all or clutch. We all love a handbag that turns heads. Knowing it's the real deal makes it that much sweeter. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you'll carry with confidence. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you're feeling down, sometimes it's good to be alone. But talking can also be a big help. Keeping everything bottled up is not great for your health. It would cause me a lot of stress and anxiety. It's almost like, I use this metaphor a lot, but it's almost like carrying a backpack around. And when you have stuff bottled up, it gets added to the backpack. And when you talk about it, you get to take it out of the backpack. Now the backpack's a little bit lighter. Once I got older and I learned how to communicate, I never stopped because I like having an empty backpack. It just feels better and my quality of life is better. When you need to talk, and need a safe space, I highly recommend therapy. It's a great way to work through whatever's bothering you in a judgment-free place. There's something really special about having a resource to talk to that is not involved in your life on a personal level. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash anything today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash anything. And our last category of predictions is in media. So I'm talking about social media. I'm talking about TV, movies, actors, singers, like just media, the internet as a whole. The, you know what I mean? Okay, my first prediction is that the show Ridiculousness with Rob Dyrdek is going to have a complete resurgence. No, I'm kidding. But if you've ever... Okay, can I... I'm going to take a quick break to tell you a story. For Thanksgiving, I rented a little cabin. And in this cabin, the TV only had cable. Like you couldn't watch Netflix. You couldn't watch Hulu. You couldn't watch YouTube. You couldn't watch anything. You could just watch cable. And so I watched Ridiculousness with Rob Dyrdek on MTV for fucking 72 hours straight. And when I first started watching it, I was like, this show, I can't even handle it. I can't handle it. Like, this is so 2014. Like, I can't handle it. Uh, But by the end of the weekend, I was like, this is the best show I've ever seen. I don't know why I even told that story. It's like not a good story. Like nobody's laughing. Nobody's like, oh damn, that's crazy. Like it, that was, I should not have told that story. I might cut it, but if you hear it, wow, it made it. Rob Dyrdek, you made the cut. Okay, moving on. Media predictions. Number one, I think that there's going to be a disappearance of some celebrities that we know today. Not like a disappearance that's sinister. I'm talking about, celebrities and internet personalities quitting the internet because it is so toxic in so many ways. (laughs) Being in the public eye, I think, is hard right now in its own special way. It used to be hard, I think, because the paparazzi situation was so out of hand. Like 20, 30 years ago, the paparazzi situation was out of hand. They were violent, they were invasive, they were disrespectful, like it was out of hand. Now that's not really the case. But instead, the reason why being in the public eye is so hard nowadays is because the internet is just an insane machine. It's an insane machine at this point. We all know this. I don't even need to go into it. But I think that there's going to be a lot of people who are in the public eye who will come to the conclusion that they can't fucking handle it anymore and they'll disappear. And it'll be up to them. They'll do it. They'll just be like, I can't do this anymore. I have to quit. My quality of life is terrible. I feel I can't handle it. And I think the reason for that is, is that the pressure is so high to kind of be a perfect person, I think, because the internet is obsessed with people failing, you know, with people fucking up, with people being embarrassing. Like the internet loves people's downfall. You know what I mean? And I think being in the public eye is harder now more than ever because 
people who are in the public eye, they feel like anything that they do could be turned into something negative or something. Even people who aren't doing bad things are scared on the internet. People who are good people in their hearts are scared of being on the internet because people love a story about somebody that's negative and that's what sells the most. So society as a whole is constantly waiting for the next story. And if you're in the public eye, then there's a chance that you might be the next one. And that's a really scary feeling. And so I think that's going to cause some people to quit soon. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know when it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to happen at all. All of the pop culture figures that we know today might make it another year, but I could see some of them quitting just out of feeling like their quality of life is being destroyed by this fear. I mean, I know I struggle personally with this fear. I, it's not easy for me to sort of deal with. I just, I'm constantly like afraid of doing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing or doing something embarrassing or doing something cringe or what, like I'm constantly terrified of that. And I don't want to quit and walk away and disappear. But I think about it sometimes because I'm like, hmm, would my quality of life be better? And the truth is, I don't know and I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful to be in this position that I don't, I'm not going to throw that away. And to me, it's not an option. I think I'm just so grateful to be in this position and I'd rather fight through the sort of anxiety and fear and figure out a way to do this in a way that's healthy for me mentally. I'd rather do that than quit. You know what I mean? But I think that there are going to be some people who are like, I can't do this anymore and I have to quit the internet altogether. So we'll see. Next, I think a lot of people are going to become bored of social media. Like I think a lot of people are going to be like, you know what? I'm deleting Twitter. You know what? I'm deleting TikTok. You know what? I'm deleting Instagram. I'm bored. Like I think there are going to be a chunk of people who do that next year, like a lot more than this year. Cause I know that that already kind of started this year, but I think next year, a lot of people are going to become fed up and bored. They're going to be like, listen, I've had an Instagram for 15 years. I'm done. Like it's all the same shit. I think a lot of people are going to be like, you know what? I've been on Twitter for how many years now? It's all the same shit. I'm done. So I think that there's going to be a little bit of that, but I also think that there's going to be a lot of people who quit social media apps because they come to the realization that these apps are ruining their life and they have a toxic addiction to these apps. And so I think a lot of people are going to make this sort of executive decision in their own life that they cannot be present on these apps in a healthy way. I came to that conclusion with Twitter and TikTok for myself. And over a year ago, I deleted both of those because I knew that there was not a way that I could be on those apps in a way that was healthy for me mentally. Like the overall discourse on those apps are negative in my opinion. And I am a very, very sensitive person. And I know that I can't fucking handle that much negativity and fighting and arguing and bullying and drama. And I I just, I can't handle it. And so I deleted those apps and I kept Instagram and I kept Pinterest and I kept YouTube because I use those platforms for good in my life, I would say. I, it can get out of hand at times, don't get me wrong, but I overall use those apps for good in my life. Like Instagram, you know, I've found cool recipes, cool fashion ideas, etc. off of Instagram. And I like checking in on what the people I love are doing, you know, even though I don't follow anyone, but I can still type in and see what they're doing. So, you know, there's that. Pinterest, I love making little mood boards and doing this and that. It's very 
therapeutic for me and relaxing, but also inspiring for me. So I love that. And YouTube, I learn so much on YouTube. I love watching educational stuff on YouTube. I love, you know, watching little documentaries and whatever. I love it. I, I think YouTube is great. And so those social media apps served me in a positive way. So I kept those. But I think a lot of people are going to start quitting apps because they're going to come to the conclusion that it's making their life worse. And it's taking their attention away from things that really matter in the present world. And life without it is much better. I think this is kind of more of a manifestation for society rather than something that's actually going to happen. But even if 100,000 people do that and quit, then I consider that a true prediction. I just predict that some people are going to do it. The scale, I don't know. But I think that that's going to become a trend is to just quit social media. I don't know. We'll see. I think that podcasting will continue to become more popular. When I first started podcasting a few years ago, it was popular, but not really. Like I remember feeling like, God, who else is doing this? It was a lot more corporate. I felt like, you know, like there was a lot of super professional sort of podcasts and there weren't as many casual chill sort of podcasts. But I think that that's going to continue to explode. I think that podcasting is going to become more of a desirable career path for a lot of people. And I think there's going to be a huge influx in podcasters. But on top of that, I also think that there's going to be a lot of people who started a podcast in, say, 2022 who quit in 2023. Because the weird thing about podcasting is that it seems easy you know, like it seems easy, but it's like shockingly challenging in a lot of ways. And so I think podcasting is going to grow as an industry a lot. And as a source of entertainment, I think it's going to grow a lot, but I think there are going to be a lot of people who start it and then are like, wait, Ooh, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of starting and stopping of podcasting, but then there are going to be also some that I don't know. Podcasting, I think, is challenging because you have to have a lot to say, but you also have to be in the right frame of mind. Like there are times when my mind is so overwhelmed by things that sitting down and focusing and talking for an hour sounds impossible to me. And I don't know. It's easy to run out of things to talk about, to be honest. You have to be constantly growing your wealth of knowledge of things but also developing your opinions on things in order to continue to have things to add. And that's hard because you have to be very present in your personal life to have a podcast. And sometimes you don't want to be present in your personal life and you don't want to be paying close attention to your own thoughts and the behaviors of others to have something to talk about. Sometimes you just want to be an autopilot and not give a fuck about what anyone else is doing and what you're even thinking yourself. So I think that's why some people start podcasts and then are like, wait a minute, I don't want to do this because I have to be sort of thinking too much in my personal life in order to do this. And that's too much. But I think that podcasting as a medium for entertainment is going to grow because I think podcasting is one of the healthiest forms of entertainment. Because number one, you can listen to it while doing other things. You could put a podcast on and go clean your room or do the dishes or draw a picture or do a puzzle or whatever. And that's something that not many other media sources can give you. With podcasting only occupies one of your senses, which is your hearing. And so you can use all of your other senses to do things that are productive and positive and good. Whereas Scrolling through Instagram, it pretty much consumes all of your senses. So you can only be on Instagram when you're on Instagram. You can listen to a podcast and go and do other things and you can still be entertained. And I think that's why podcasting is going to continue to grow, but also I think it needs to grow because I think it's a really good source of entertainment. So anyway, it's very meta of me to be talking about 
podcasting on my podcast. And I'm, I know I might sound biased about podcasting because I have a podcast, but no, I, I truly believe in it. I think it's a really great thing. And I personally lean on podcasts for entertainment a lot because I find it's the most productive and healthiest form of entertainment for me personally. My last media-related prediction is that I think there's going to be a decrease in celebrity obsession online. And I think the reason for that is because there's so much information about celebrities nowadays. Like celebrities are so accessible to us now and we can see so many facets of their personality that we never would have been able to see 30 years ago that I feel like the sort of worshipping that we used to participate in about celebrities might decrease a little bit because now we know so much about celebrities that, but I don't know. I don't know if I believe that this will happen because I think that we always will be obsessed with celebrities. I mean, I even think of someone like Paul McCartney like if I saw Paul McCartney, I would freak out. So, hmm. okay, my last prediction, I take it back. I don't predict that anymore. I think we will always be obsessed with celebrities because that's just how we're programmed. Okay, those are my predictions for 2023. We'll see if any of them come true. A lot of them I just want to come true. Some of them I just think will come true. I don't care if they do. So, you know, we'll see. I think 2023 has the potential to be a really great year. I'm really, I'm really hoping for it. Um, I think we all deserve it. We've had some rough times over the past few years. Uh, we'll probably have some rough times this year too. That's how, that's how the world works. But I don't know. I, I think, I think there's a lot of promise and I hope that this year brings all of us, me and you listening, peace and calmness and fulfillment, but also the energy to work hard and, and do things. And, you know, I, I just hope it's a great year for all of us. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. 2023 is going to be a really cool year for Anything Goes, the podcast, because I don't know, just we're going to be making some changes around here. I'm really excited for what's coming up. Thank you all for listening this past year. I appreciate it more than you know. And cheers. You know what I mean? Cheers to the new year. I love and appreciate you all so much. Follow Anything Goes. Subscribe to Anything Goes if you so desire. I don't know. I guess I'll just talk to you next week. Love you.